Well, hello and welcome back to the Life Church Canton podcast. My name is Jared Van Vorst and I'm your host for the show and one of the pastors at Life Church. And we hope you have had a wonderful summer as well as uh, a wonderful summer with us as we've gone through the book of Galatians. We're going to be starting a new series with this sermon uh, being kicked off by Pastor Nathan. And we're actually going through our codes, uh, which we have done before, but we're repackaging the series in a, in a new way uh, with new scriptures, uh, new messages, uh, but still the same codes. And you're going to hear in the message sort of what a code is and what our code is and what it means to us. Um, this particular code is you belong, and there are six codes in all. And all of this is going to lead to something. We're going to be talking at the end of the series about partnership. And so I, I specifically want to say to those of you who only listen to us or connect with us digitally, Um, we would love for you to consider becoming a partner at the end of this series as you learn a little bit more about who we are and our code, um, and you can partner with us. And we recognize that we're still in a pandemic. There are still things um, that are causing uh, some of you, a lot of people, to feel uncomfortable coming in person, which we totally understand. Uh, But we have ways for you to engage with us digitally as well. So I want to ask you to consider that. Uh, One of those ways that you can engage with us is through giving. If you feel like you want to be a part of what we're doing here more long term and you want to give to that work, I want to invite you to go to lifechurchcanton.org slash give. You can find out how your giving makes an impact and then you can find different ways in which you can give and we invite you to be part of that. Uh, But for now, enjoy this sermon from Pastor Nathan. Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you in his love. He will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Do you hear that song? Do you feel that harmony? Do you hear the voices around you? Do you hear God singing over you? He is singing a song of rescue, salvation, and transformation. And each of us, each of you has a unique voice a distinct contribution, a a light in the darkness, a a rhythm, a line in the poem, a a part in the grand play, a numeral in the equation. You have a voice. You belong. And our church is singing a part of that song. A harmony is who we are. Praise God. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Thank you for joining us. My name is Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here, and I hope that you experienced something there, encountered Jesus. We are in a new series called The Code, and The Code is all about who we are. We do this every year, and every year I'm excited about it. We have a song to sing, and our code helps us sing it. Before I go any further, I know there are those of you who came back for the very first time um, after COVID here today. I'm so glad that you are here. Maybe you're checking us out uh, in person or online. Sean's excited that you're here uh, for sure. Um, We know it's hard. And those online, we love you. Um, And maybe you are checking it out in the room for the first time or online. I'm glad you're here. Fill out a Connect card. It's on your uh, um, chairs or in the uh, dialogue box. We want to connect with you. There's a lot of opportunities to connect at the end, but we're part of the code, and the goal of the code is to engage everyone in it to the point where they become partners someday. You have a chance to do that at the end of this series, but I said code a lot. 
What is a, a code? Is it like something you put in a keypad so you can get in the door? Uh, well, let me start by what a code isn't. A code isn't a belief. What's a belief? Well, a belief are what we have acknowledged and taught about God, about humanity and salvation, like Jesus died on the cross. You heard a lot of our belief just as David was speaking. Those are so important. It's, it's also a code is not a, a value. A value are things that we admire or feel are important for this church. So we want you to walk in and experience the fact that we were ready for you, a welcoming environment where we expected you to be there. Um, that's what we want you to experience. Those are our values, and both are great things. They inform, but they aren't a code. What is a code? It's a declaration. It's, it's part of our song. It's, it's this declaration that gives meaning to who we have been as a church in the last 17, 18 years. It, it gives meaning to who we were. It gives purpose to who we are now. It drives us. It's not just something on the wall. We measure it. We, we care about it. It helps us keep on the track of where God has for us. And it drives us towards who we are becoming who we are becoming, and, and soon, in you know, months from now, we'll be sharing the vision of where God is taking us in 10 years, and the code helps us drive there. Ultimately, a code is a way that you know your part in the song. It's an invitation to join the song of salvation that God is singing, not just through our church, but through all the churches in our city. We have our part in the harmony, and the code helps us stay on track with what the Holy Spirit is doing. So I encourage you to be here for every one of the Code series. Today, we talk about You Belong. You Belong is by far the one that people like the most, and it's the most nuanced and sometimes difficult, but it's my favorite code. Um, they're all my favorites, and it's, it's true. If I'm preaching on another one, I'm going to say it's my favorite because in the moment, it is my favorite. But in this moment right now, You Belong is my favorite. Why? Because belonging is core to who we are as people. Meaning is found in belonging. Purpose is found in belonging. Experiences of greater belonging result in life having more meaning for you and for me. You were made that way to belong. Now, I know some of us are like, I'd rather not belong to anything. Just leave me alone. Unfortunately, everything in your biology is fighting against that. Like, you are made to find belonging with people. And no matter who you are or how you got here or whether you're online, you belong here. You don't have to wear the right clothes, do the right things, look a certain way. I mean, if you wear clothes, that's preferable. Show up in clothes. You know, that's, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's important. Um, but every year, it's, it's funny, I, I hear this phrase before. Maybe you've never heard it, but I hear it every year. And I think at some point, it's going to die off, and it doesn't. He says, oh, you don't want me to come to your church. If I walk through the doors of your church, your church is going to catch on fire, right? Like the, the fires of hell would come up to consume me because I walked on hollowed ground, and your building would, you know, light on fire. Have you ever heard that? Someone say that? You can't have me here. It'll, it'll all catch on fire. Um, it hasn't happened yet. And uh, we have great insurance, so bring it on. Let's see what happens. But there's this idea that this is some kind of place where you have to be okay to get to, that you have to present yourself to the ivory tower. But this is a hospital for the broken, not an ivory tower. You belong here. You are significant. Your voice, your life matters. 
And this is a place where you can belong, broken, imperfect, messy. We all belong here together. Why? Now, on, human, on a human scale, we couldn't do that. We're not, it's not possible. But because of Jesus Christ, we can. Only the cross matters, what He did for us to restore us. Only Jesus matters. We belong to Him. Only what He did matters. He broke the chains of disconnection between us and God by sacrificing Himself, and He opened up unity together and connection together for those who believe. For those who follow Jesus, we belong to Him. We've given our lives over to Him. We've said that I belong to you, Jesus. To belong, uh, one of the definitions means to be rightly placed in a specific position. I talk about the other definitions of belonging in my sermon from last year on the same topic. Today, I want to go to this one. You belong. To belong is to be rightly placed in a specific position. Now, I have kids, and they're learning how to pick up, and they pick up every night. Um, and they pick up, and what they do is they take it off the floor, and they put it in a pile somewhere else. Anyone know what I'm talking about? That's not where that belongs. There is a specific place for your massive amount of plastic toys. It go here, right? Well, that's how you belong here. There is a place for you, a position for you. You belong here with us. Why am I saying this? Because of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 13. Just as a body, though one has many parts, I'm acting this one out. I guess I'm in children's church at the moment. But all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized, here the ones, by one Spirit to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we've all been given the one Spirit to drink. What he's saying is, is that we are part of a body, and that body is Jesus. He is the head of the church. He left his church for us to be a part of, to have belonging. We belong to Him as if we are parts of His body with Him being the head. The body is supposed to work in a certain way, though, and if we're missing parts, it doesn't work so well, but sometimes parts of the body get hurt. When we get hurt, things don't go so well. When you do something with your body it's not supposed to do, the body lets you know and lets you feel it. And that's why a bunch of us don't work out. I work out, but some people are like, no, it hurts. I work out, and then my body tells me that was a bad idea. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what happened to me this week where I was running, and I ran on my ankle wrong, and then this happened. Yeah. Why are you excited about that? There's another picture of another angle of it. Um, I am either hurt my ankle or I am giving birth to something through my ankle. Um, that was earlier this week. It's black and blue and ugly all over right now. Um, but I ran and turned my ankle and sprayed it. My body told me this is not working. This is not good. And if you're wondering why I'm limping, it's because part of my body is still recovering from it being used improperly. And yet, my response wasn't to contemplate and then cut off my foot at the ankle. Like, well, this isn't working anymore. Shunk and just throw it away, right? Everyone's like, that's ridiculous. Why would you do that? And yet, when parts of the body are hurting, our job isn't to reject them because they're still part of the body. 
but to provide places of healing. You are part of the body of Christ, and though you may be limping, though you may be hurting, though you may be inflamed and bruised and broken, you still belong because you belong to Jesus, and we don't cut off arms or legs just because they're hurting. Do you understand? But it goes both ways. It goes both ways. You belong to the body of Christ. It's not just this church, the body of Christ. And if you are hurt and broken, you don't cut yourself off and exit from the body. To see a foot run away from the body would look ridiculous and horrifying. And yet that's what we do sometimes as Christians. Because we're hurt, because we're in pain, we run off and abandon the body of Christ. We belong to each other, which means we have to find ways to love each other well and to stick through it. If you belong to Jesus, you belong to his church. Experiencing belonging in general can be very hard and take a lot. There's risk involved to feel like you belong. I know that. And coming into it hurt makes it even harder. But we must because 1 Corinthians 12, 27, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. You belong to Christ, so you are rightly placed with his body, with us. Most places in life, though, belonging doesn't come that way. You have to believe a certain way. You have to behave and do the rituals a certain way. And then, and only then, you can belong. This is taught to us so easily in high school. You know, back in high school, uh, I know the cliques change, but there's cliques everywhere. There's the popular kids and the sports groups and the nerds and, and the gamers. I don't know what the groups are nowadays. I just know what they were. And everyone has to find their belonging by looking like, acting like there's the popular kids. I wasn't ever a part of those. I don't know what that's like. Maybe you are. You can tell me someday. But like you have to do these certain kinds of things. You have to think a certain way. You have to speak a certain way. You have to behave a certain way. And then and only then you can belong. Adults, we learned this in high school and have continued to do that into the rest of our lives. We find things to find belonging in, a kind of lifestyle or a kind of car that we drive or the type of job that we have or the amount of money that we have or the city that we live in or the area of the city that we live in because it's super special. Like even political parties, we, we find these ways of belonging. I mean, sports is basically built on the whole thing. Like this, this is what we do. But we know deep down that if we don't behave, if we don't believe, if we don't do the things we're supposed to do, then our belonging is taken from us. And that thing that gives us meaning and purpose and helps us feel safe is now not safe at all, but dependent on a certain set of actions and rules. Man, I had this happen to me um, when I was in high school, and I'm glad I learned this lesson. I went to high school, um, and halfway through my junior year, my parents moved me to a new school district, and I, I really didn't want to be there, but I was. And you know those movies where a new kid comes to school, and like everyone tries to figure him out, and the groups try to figure out what group they, they fall in, all that? Yeah, that, that's not fantasy. That actually happened to me. Like all these people, I was a wrestler, so trying to figure out if I'm a jock, and I was in band uh, at my previous school, so they were trying to figure out if I was a band geek. Uh, they were trying to suss me out. The popular kids, they didn't spend too much time on me. Uh, they kind of knew where I was, and so it was like the new kid. And they tried to suss me out. And, and, and all the girls were trying to figure out who I was. I went on five dates with, uh, in, in one weekend. We're not going to talk about that because then I started dating my wife, and that's the only thing that matters. Um, but those things are real. But something inside me clicked, and I recognized what was happening. 
people were trying to get me to play a game. So I looked for the most authentic kids, the kids who were just nice to me. And I started hanging out with them because I'm like, I got a year and a half left. Who cares? It's one of the best things I've ever done. Because the people who came to me, they were never going to think right, believe right, or do right. And they weren't going to behave. They weren't going to fit in with any group. So what they decided that their group was going to be based on was belonging and kindness. And they were the weirdest people I've ever met in my life. And I felt honored to be with them because I knew it was about belonging. It wasn't about performing. We know that belonging matters. And you might be here and you might not understand the unwritten rules of when we sit up, stand up, sit down, do our things, not all the words that we say. We don't always define them really well. We try to, but we know that this is confusing at, at, at times. I want you to know you belong without behaving any kind of way. And even if you don't believe in Jesus Christ or you're just exploring this whole thing, you still belong because we understand that as you find belonging, you'll encounter Jesus through us and through worship and through the word of God. And as you encounter him, you'll find meaning and security and significance in this belonging. You'll see the love of God through us. And when it comes time, you will Believe, because God is so compelling, and Jesus' love is so pure, and you are made to belong. This code matters, and I hope you know, no matter how you, how you came to this place, that you belong here. Today, though, I want to drive it deeper. And for those who are newer to the church, I want you to listen in, but know that I'm speaking to the people who have owned this code for now three years, who are here to the partners of the church and those who are regular attenders who have invested here. I want to push us deeper in you belong. And I, and I want your permission to do that. So will you go on this journey with me? And usually when I ask a question, the answer you know, is, is welcome to be loud. Will you go on this journey with me? Uh, can I challenge you in this message? Yeah. Thank you. It's like, oh, that's rare. Nathan never has a challenging message. <laughs> that's a joke. Uh, <laughs> Have you ever um, had a sound that you just hate? Like a sound that drives you personally like bonkers? Like nails on a chalkboard? Anyone actually talking about it gets like shivers, like that idea? We can recognize noises that like stick out so much and they can really bother us. Have you ever had like um, an experience where you heard a song and someone was singing way off key in the middle of it and stuck out like a sore thumb? Or, or someone hit a wrong chord while they're playing and all of a sudden all you can think about is that wrong chord? See, we as humans are designed to love harmony, to have experiences in, through our ears that, that are, are beautiful, to have them match up and to be in the right rhythm. There's actually science on that that if a chord is hit and you hear the different octaves, that it actually goes into your brain, hits your neuron, and fires at the same time, creating an experience of experiencing all those things at the same time. But if it's dissonant, you experience them separately and it makes you feel uncomfortable. That word is dissonance or discordant. Dissonance is something that draws you out of the moment. It's a sound that you're like, ah, ooh, what's that? Or it makes you feel a certain kind of way. We love harmony, but dissonance creates problems. It's a combination of musical sounds that strikes the ear harshly, a clashing sound. Do you remember when we were singing together earlier? 
We were singing and experiencing, and, and you were singing, and you were hearing the person next to you, and you were hearing David, and we were all singing together, trying to participate in the song. That movement does something inside of your heart and inside of your mind. Harmony is so good. Problem is, in the Christian church, we have been dragging our nails on chalkboards. We've been screaming and yelling. Last time I preached this, Christianity in America was more divided than ever before, and unfortunately, it's getting even worse a year later. I thought it would die down, but in fact, it has only gotten worse. What we see is now we are attacking other churches. We're, we're fighting against each other, being the heresy police, whatever that is, and we're, we're fighting and, and calling each other names. We're saying stuff like, if you're a church and you aren't open during COVID, how can you call yourself Christian? If you're a church and you're open during COVID, how can you call yourself a Christian? If you get vaccinated, you can't call yourself a Christian. If you don't get vaccinated, I mean, over and over again, if you're a Republican, how can you call yourself a Christian? If you're a Democrat, how can you call yourself a Christian? Our discordance, our dissonance, the song that we're singing has become oppressive to the ears of the community. Do you understand? You feel that. I don't have to convince you of that. You feel it. Something inside of us knows something is wrong. The world is watching, but it also hurts us. Division threatens to distract us from this divine song that God is singing. It distracts us from it. We get focused on the wrong things. It, we lose our part in the harmony. We get off key. We get off note. We don't know where we're at. We're confused. This Holy Spirit is singing this song, and we should join that song with our voice, bringing our own harmony, finding the right octave, finding the right step. The question is, are we listening for it for the Spirit, or are we waiting for our solo? The unity of the Spirit is what I'm talking about. Ephesians 4, 3 and 4. Listen, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit, it's a huge concept, through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit. You hearing that again? It's like there's one body and one Spirit. Just as you were called to one hope when you were called. Paul is writing and describing that once we believe in Jesus Christ, we belong to His body and that the Holy Spirit has given us and created a unity, a harmony in the church, not divisiveness. This unity, togetherness, is from the Spirit. It's not created by humans, and it cannot be destroyed by humans, but it can be defaced. It can be distracted from. See, division in the church that the world can see and that we fixate on because if something is discordant, our ear is drawn to it, and we can't look away. When this happens... I want to say something hard here. Listen, division in churches mocks the unity of God. Division in churches doesn't destroy the unity of the Spirit. It makes fun of it. It mocks it. That should make you pause. That is kind of scary. Wait, if we're seeing division in the church, it means we're not living out what God has called us to be, and in fact, we're going against it, and we may even be calling it names, like calling God names. Can you imagine calling God names, making fun of God? 
That's a dangerous thing to do. And yet we do it when we choose division. We try to attack the unity of the Spirit. We are then a contradiction because it's like me punching my own ankle while it's hurting. It doesn't make sense. We are a discordant note. We are a clanging cymbal. When we choose in that moment to be separate and not join the song, we are saying, I am alone. I'm going to sing my own thing. We want to protect our song. We mock God. We fight for the right for our voice to be heard. When I, before I hit puberty, I was in choir and I got solos. It was amazing. I really, really enjoyed it. I hit puberty and I went from getting solos to only singing in the shower because my voice is no longer beautiful, right? In that moment in choir, while that was happening, I stepped back from being a soloist and came back and could hear all the things I was doing wrong with my voice and instead tried to become part of the harmony and I, I was successful. The problem is many of us are still trying to be soloists when the soloist is the spirit and we need to join the song. And when we rise our voice above all that, when we do that, we are the discordant note. Imagine me trying in the middle of the choir with my voice having changed, getting up there and start just whipping out like the best song in the world, except it would sound terrible and be out of place. That's what we do. Listen to what one scholar wrote. Church division must count as one of the primary examples of grieving the Spirit. Christian division must also be seen as God's judgment on believers' desire to live separated lives. That is, Christian division is one of the examples of God's judgment where God gives people exactly what they asked for. Division is us being individuals instead of being part of what God is doing. And God gives us over to that and it results in division. So how do we engage the You Belong Code? How do we dive into it? I'm going to give you some action steps at the end, but I want to take it just a little bit deeper. Ephesians 4, 3, and 4 also infers that the unity of the Spirit must be demonstrated visibly in His church. Inside the church, yes, but also outside of the church. I'll explain what this would look like. If we truly understood belonging and unity and harmony, like I hope that we do, and if we can move towards it, because a life church partner, one of our partners is here, or a tender, is in a school district, and the discussion about schools and masking and teaching and curriculum comes up, it should be, the discussion, because a life church partner is there, should be more respectful, more kind, and loving, not less so. Our workplaces should be less hateful, less apathetic, less greedy, less polarizing, not less so. What if we were known as a church that people said, oh, that person goes to life church. They make this place more wholesome, more joyful, more kind. I'm surprised at the level of joy that they have and how that affects our school our workplace, our community. Belonging should overflow into belonging and joy, but instead, I fear the opposite is true. Our voices become more loud, more strident, more aggressive. Let me tell you a story about somewhere else, someone else, 
it's a little easier to engage with that than in the reality that we are currently experiencing. My purpose here is not to offend at all, but to bring perspective. At the previous church, right before I came up here, um, there, it was in Ohio, and they had uh, three school districts in one town, kind of like here, but they were more separate. A tragedy and a problem started to rise up. <clears throat> Six young people who went to Perry High School, school of about 800, took their life in the space of two months, six. It sparked multiple suicide attempts in other schools as well. It was shocking and disturbing. And it was blow after blow after blow. It's like waking up in the morning just praying you wouldn't hear another story. Do you know how the majority of the community responded to this tragedy where our students are feeling alone and taking their own lives? Do you know what they did? They blamed the teachers, blamed the administrators, went on the attack against them. They fought against them. They created disunity in the community. Does that sound familiar? They argued about how to stop it over and over again, and they became more and more divided, and nothing they did seemed to matter. And it just rose and rose and rose. And, and for us as a church, I'm like, I can't see this hate anymore. We have to do something. So we started a campaign called For Perry. And it was just this huge sign we put out and shirts everywhere and try to communicate to the students that we see you. You are not alone. You are not alone. We're for you. We're for you. We are for you. We are for you. And then we got together, and the, and the church, they got together, and they started praying, and we went to the school in the middle of January, and the hundreds of people showed up from all these churches, and not one person organized it. It was this movement of the Spirit of God, and we got together, and it was cold, and the snow was coming in sideways, and we started to sing to Jesus. We started to sing, and I'm cuddled in, and I hear the voices all around me of people begging and crying and pleading out to God for there to be change. A song of salvation and redemption. I've never felt it more clearly. We got on the news. Yay. <laughs> and I was interviewed. Yay. But what happened in that moment after the lights turned off that there was a student who came up to one of the pastors there and they were contemplating suicide and they started to talk to him and I'm in that moment and I'm watching it happen and I'm realizing the spirit's moving and so I get my phone out and I record him and keep the student off just to keep that student safe and I start recording what he's saying and I want to play that for you in just a second. Now, it's, it's going to be loud. Um, there's some other people talking. Focus in on what he is saying what this man is trying to communicate um, to this student who is feeling lower than dirt. Even what you see is flawed, it's intentional. Turn it off. Let it go. So you are perfect. Number two, that you are worth it. You know that you're like literally the apple of God's eye. He pays so much attention to you, he can count every hair on your head. You're worth it, them. And thirdly, is you have purpose. I want you to understand you have purpose. You see these trees? All of them are, are planted in dirt. 
Dirt, if, 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 if we didn't have dirt, we wouldn't have anything. Trees, where we get our oxygen from, where we get our food from. So you can't tell me that you're lower than dirt. If dirt has a purpose, then, 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 then you who has a, a, a soul, a living, breathing soul, and an amazing image and likeness of God, you definitely have purpose. I want you to tell yeah, yourself yeah. those three things every day. I don't care if you have tears in your eyes. I don't care if you feel broken. You look yourself in the mirror every day and say, I am worth it. I'm perfect. And I have perfect. Yeah. You may feel like you are lower than dirt, but that's not how God sees you. He's speaking life into him in this moment, this moment of safety, this moment of belonging. We prayed. We had our moment in the snow, and we had follow-on meetings. But what happened after that is that the suicide stopped. You see, the unity of the Spirit, the song of salvation that God is singing is sung when we all join with our part. It's a miracle because only God could have stopped it. I wish you could feel the shift in the community the joy that came from it. And know that we can be that shift as well. We can be that shift that changes things and brings hope into darkness. What if we stopped fighting for our voice to be heard but joined the song of redemption that the Spirit is singing? I think we'd actually find our part. We'd find our true voice. So what is the answer? Ours was to communicate love and belonging. It was a hard road after that, but worth it. First Peter 4.8 says it this way, above all, love each other deeply. Lo- above all, but above all. What about above all? Go ahead, you try. Above all. There you go. Love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. What is this saying? This is saying, yes, this is a mirror of the love of Jesus who because of him, he covered our sins. But he's also saying little nuances, little problems, little issues, little differences in belief, differences in behavior, they're covered over when you love deeply. This kind of love, it's agape. It's a decision of the will. It's intentional acts over time that enhance the unity of the spirit. Proverbs 10, 12 said, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers over all transgressions. That's where it's come from. This is where that scripture is from. You're created for belonging. And so I'm calling all of us, partner or attender or visitor, believer in Jesus, or just exploring to create belonging by learning to love with kindness and gentleness. You know, one of the things we're experiencing on our leadership team is the elected leader's of the group is more love for each other. And I love this quote, trust rises to the level of love. Trust rises to the level of love. Only love through people can bear the weight of political divisiveness and keeps communication open for disagreements and conversation. Only love through people can bear the weight of tragedy of a death of a loved one. Only love through people can bear the weight of suicide and depression and mental illness. Only love through people can bring healing to infidelity, abuse, divorce. I could keep going. Only love through people. And only love 
allows us to celebrate. When we love, we celebrate the unity of the Spirit and no longer mock it. Only love creates belonging. Only love creates belonging. And I want you to join it. This is your voice. This is your song. Now, your love is going to look, the way you love people is going to look different than the person next to you. Of course it would. That's your part in the harmony, to give love and to be loved. So here are my clear steps for you. First, be someone who builds a foundation of love. Build love for other people and for yourself. Join a group. Be part of one of these groups that are out there. They want you to find community and belonging in relationship and to build love. Love that can bear the weight of pain and struggle, but also a love that can celebrate what God is doing. Join a group or a semester group. There's a million out there to choose from. Second, build understanding. Build understanding. You can do this in a lot of ways, but we encourage you to be part of Be the Bridge be the Bridge helps us engage these, the racial divisiveness in our country and learn, learn from each other in relationship, sitting across from each other, having conversation because it can bear the weight of some of the difficult conversations we need to have. You can go out in the lobby and send up for that as well. You can do all of these things online. They're all available through the Now page right now. Finally, build a belonging through discipleship. Some of the, most, the moments I've seen them been the most seen or heard or loved or challenged has been on one-on-one discipleship. Build that for someone else. The life journey is the process of where we're building the foundation of discipleship across our entire church. Jesus said, go and make disciples, not come and be discipled. Our purpose isn't just to come to church and get fed, but to invest in others. And in the process of that, we will receive that as well. Build belonging through discipleship. Join the life journey. These courses are relational, get to know people, but you also get to grow in who God's made you to be as you move towards partnership, as you move towards the overflow of what God is doing in our community. And finally, receive love. Some of you are like, I got nothing to give today. It's time for you to receive love. Maybe you're a student who's been affected by some of the suicides and depression that's going on in school, our schools right now. Maybe you're someone who is an adult who's dealing with that. Maybe you need the love of God. I want you to know that today we are launching something called Positioning Prayer Team. And what that is is a group of people at the front of church during the end of the service who will pray with you. And their job isn't to pass judgment or to give you advice or you tell you what to do. Their job is to usher you into the presence of God so that you can feel the love of God and hear from him. Some of you, you need to hear from God today. And so those people will be coming up here so that you can pray with them during this next song as we close. Please come and receive prayer. Also, Roger, who is our youth director, will be over here as well if you're a student and would like to speak to him. He's here for you, for the students who are struggling. So as we transition, I want to call those prayer team members forward. I'll be down there as well. So you can see them, maybe pick one out. But as I finish, I encourage you to come down as the song starts to receive prayer. Will you stand with me? The last group of people need to receive love by finding a connection with God. You've heard about who he is and what he's done. 
and the belonging that you can only find in him and his church. And so I want to offer you that chance. Some of you, you know that you don't have to belong after you believe and then behave a certain kind of way. You belong right now. Some of you are ready to believe. If you're one of those people, would would you pray this prayer with me? And all of us close our eyes as we are transitioning to a moment to encounter Jesus through song and prayer. But some people are encountering Jesus through salvation right now. If you want to pray this prayer, pray it out loud or in your heart. And all you're doing is talking to God who is here and acknowledging your need for a Savior and that Jesus Christ is the only one who could save you. You can pray something like this. God, I'm broken. God, I'm separated from you. I can't bridge that gap on my own. And that means I'm disconnected from you. And my connections with others can only be so good. But I also believe that Jesus died to bridge that gap, to pay for my debt, so that I can know you, God. But I know I need to choose that way. So I lay down my way. I lay down my rights so that I can join your song. So that I can have new life. And that I can have a relationship with you, God, forever. And find belonging in your family. Make me clean. Make me new. Well, once again, uh, thank you for listening. We believe you belong. Uh, Hopefully, you hear those words in a brand new way, and that they impact you in a very real and genuine and authentic way, that it speaks to your heart, your soul, your mind, um, that you know you belong. Uh, Loneliness is at an all-time high, and belonging is so important to that. And it's not just uh, fitting in with some particular affinity group, but belonging to the family of God, um, a God who deeply loves you and wants to connect with you. And so we want to connect with you as well. The best way to do that for us specifically is by filling out a connect card. You can go to our now page. It's lifechurchcanton.org slash now. And toward the top of that page is a button that says connect card. You can click on that, fill out just a little bit of information about yourself, and then we'll be in touch with you as soon as we can to help you get connected. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll see you back here soon.